it, it really brought to light one of these ideas that I love talking about so much. And that's, that's this idea of navigating your way through life or your career or your personal life or whatever it is using something that I call the Tarzan method. That's Casey Neistat. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Monday. I appreciate you joining me today. And excuse my voice, I am a little bit stuffy because in New York, we have the coming of the fall season and it brings on some seasonal allergies. For me, which I have been living with for pretty much ever. So excuse my voice, but I am going to do the best that I can, as I always do. And I hope you enjoy today's clip with Casey Neistat. He is our newest featured speaker, YouTube personality, filmmaker and vlogger. And he's joining us today to share an unconventional but proven way to be successful at any goal that you want to achieve. Here's Casey Neistat. Enjoy. You ever, um, you ever have those like kind of existential moments when you're like, how did I get here? Because five minutes ago when I was in the bathroom backstage trying to figure out what to talk about up here, um, I was having one of those moments and it kind of, it, it landed me at a place where um, it, it really brought to light one of these ideas that I love talking about so much. And that's, that's this idea of navigating your way through life or your career or your personal life or whatever it is using something that I call the Tarzan method. I've talked about this in my videos before. And just parenthetically, I was like Googling Tarzan method to figure out who actually coined the phrase and came up with this. And I think I've talked about it in so many videos that it, when you search it now, it's just my name. So my apologies to whatever genius came up with it. It's mine now. <laughs> um, so the, the Tarzan method sort of, I was here three years ago, four years ago at South by Southwest, and I was speaking at the um, film festival part of the, of the event. And when I was there, I was just coming off of the heels of my HBO show, and during that presentation, I talked about how I had made feature films, and I, and I had a TV series on HBO, but I was entering into a new phase of my career, which is I wanted to embrace sort of new media and online and, and YouTube and spaces that are not traditionally celebrated um, and certainly three, four years ago, were, weren't regarded with the same respect that traditional media has. And it was entirely theory. 
when I was talking about it to that audience then. Um, but had you asked me then, or had you told me then that I might be doing what I'm doing in my career now, there's no way I would have ever understood how I could ever get from sort of A to B, which brings me back to this idea of the Tarzan method. So in its simplest terms, what that means is you're Tarzan on one side of the jungle, and you want to get to like Jane or whatever on the other side of the jungle, and there's like a, you think there's this clear trajectory to get from A to B. The trouble is there's no way to really get you there. There's no means of transporting you to where you want to be. So instead, you reach out for whatever vines in front of you, and you just grab onto that and it, it kind of swings you in like the wrong direction, but it gets you a little bit closer, but it takes you to a place that you didn't anticipate being. And then you're there, and you still see where you want to be, but the next vine takes you all the way over here, and you're somewhere you didn't imagine yourself being but it also gets you just a little bit closer. And this idea has been something I've clung on to and, and has had this like profundity in every aspect of my life because I think the only time in my life and certainly in my career when I thought I had a really vivid idea of exactly what I wanted to do was when I first started making videos, when I first aspired to be a filmmaker. And this was like 2000, that, that 2000, 2001, when you could first make videos on your computer. And this is when, I'm going way back here, guys. This is when they put out these DVDs, and it was Chris Cunningham, Spike Jones, Michelle Gondry. Anybody remember these DVDs? And they were like, right? They were like, what is now a YouTube channel of like these weirdo highlights and excerpts and like short films and clips that never made it anywhere because they have no they no, like, they, there was no place to put this kind of content then. So they released these DVDs, and I watched those like you would study the Torah. Like the Spike Jones, just over and over till the DVD melted. I studied that. And I watched that, and I was like, well, I want to be that. I want to do that. I'm going to make music videos, and then someday I'm going to make a feature film, and that is my trajectory. So I, like, I moved to New York City, which was a step directly towards the other side of the jungle. And then I got there, and I was like, okay. I'm here, where my feature at? And like, there was nothing. So I like grabbed onto a vine that was being a bicycle messenger, which is the worst job on planet Earth. Don't let any of those like tattooed, dreaded out dudes romanticize this bullshit. <laughs> that is a horrible job. Um, I remember like my first week on that job, this is like 2001 when you paid for minutes on your cell phone, remember? Like a low on minutes, call me at 801. And my cell phone bill at the end of the week was $100 more than my paycheck, because they'd have to call you for your dispatch. I digress. But that, it was that gig that introduced me to an artist that I ended up working for. And when I worked for him, I was making short videos in my free time. And he saw me, he said, I like those. He showed them to someone else. And that guy liked those. And then all of a sudden, I had an opportunity to make a video. It was like a birthday video, but it was still a paid video gig. And all of a sudden, I became a professional filmmaker. It was literally like a happy birthday, Fred. Like it was one of those, like a bar mitzvah kind of video. But it was still like I, I got paid to make it. That's what makes you professionals when you get paid to do something. And that was when I became like a professional filmmaker. But the idea of like going from even just that was just a little step. That got me like 2% across the jungle. But that was an indirect path. 
Um, and that kind of thing continued. It continued through. My HBO show was like an absolute, like the definition of that grabbing onto a vine, having no idea where it might swing you, and having it land you much closer to where you ever imagined yourself being. You know, the, the, the HBO series is set in front of it, HBO, an HBO original series. If there's somebody here from HBO, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not shitting on you guys. It's just like, it said HBO original series. Like, this bullshit. We made that and then sold it to them. And they bought it outright. Like, and how we made that is my brother and I made all these videos for some interesting people. And this guy saw it and he had sort of a public access network. And he was like, let's do something cool together. And we're like, okay, just fund us and, and we'll make all these videos and we'll do something rad with them. And he was like, oh, okay. And we made all these videos and and we kind of formed and padded them together into like eight chunks of video. And then we just put like a title at the beginning and credits at the end. And we're like, it's a TV show, obviously. <laughs> and and HBO, HBO bought that. But even when we made this deal with, Tom Scott was his name, the guy who, who really got behind Van and I to, to make what ended up being the HBO show. Even when we first sat down with him, the idea was never a TV show. It was, let's just do something together. And that gentleman, Tom Scott, who, who's a huge entrepreneur and one of the few people in my life that I would, I would call a, a mentor, somebody I truly look up to and admire, he embodies this idea of, of grabbing onto whatever's in front of you. He, he started a juice company called Nantucket Nectars. How good is Nantucket Nectars? Half and half. You got the half the iced tea and half the, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> But in any event, he was like, let's do this. And, and together we made this thing. We had no idea what it was. And it ended up being this HBO series that had this formality to it. It was this big deal. And then all of a sudden I was there and I was like, I was, I was, a, I was a big deal. I was a guy who had his own show on HBO. Um, and then it aired and like nothing really happened with it because like who the f*** watches TV at midnight on Fridays? F*** HBO. Um, <laughs> Like, imagine if you could only see my YouTube videos in real time at midnight on Fridays. <laughs> TV. But that happened. And around the same time was when I was making, I, I started flirting with this idea of producing feature films. And the, the weight that having a, TV, a successful TV series gave me enabled me to produce films. So I made a couple of feature films with my friends. And, you know, like, we premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. We premiered the first feature film that I ever produced right here at South by Southwest. Um, yeah. And, and even then, I remember kind of sitting around, and I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. This is like my version of that Spike Jones thing. I was like, but it still doesn't kind of feel right. And then when I had this, this moment after the HBO show and the feature films where I was like, no, I need something more. I'm going to pivot to new media, and I'm going to figure that out. I had no idea what that meant. But I had such confidence then to really grab whatever was in front of me and hang on to it and see where it might take me. Um, because it had, the idea of embracing uncertainty and embracing risk had yielded so much success for me in the past that I now began to count on it. Like the only safe thing I knew to do was to take the biggest chance possible. Playing it safe was a surefire way to fail and taking chances was the best way I knew to, to, to find success. Big thanks to Casey Neistat for stopping by. His website is CaseyNeistat.com. That is also his Instagram and his YouTube. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled 
Casey Neistat, YouTube star to media company co-founder, South by Southwest 2017. All right, that is a wrap for me. I appreciate you. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.